0: now because we have a really good special guest today and as we were doing our introduction she's giggling and then it just made me laugh also
1: <laughs> she should be giggling because i'm looking at us and we look ridiculous right now
0: <laughs> we're so on the floor of a basement yeah we're
1: in nashville amanda and i took a trip out here to interview some of our favorite people who live here and we're in my sister's like i guess it's a duplex but it's three stories we're in the basement and we're laying on the floor with, like, pillows and blankets around us.
2: I do want to clarify, if I heard basement, I would think where killers would go to kill oh, people. Yeah. This True. is a very
1: nice this basement. This is a bougie basement. Yeah, it has a, bougie a basement. Yes. it has a rug. It has a bed, Canned lighting. It's beautiful. It's great, yeah. but we're still laying on the floor yeah. in the basement, so we look absurd. But I feel comfortable doing that for this podcast because Savannah... Locke, who is Say our hi. guest today, Hi everyone, <laughs> is a dear friend. And so I'm going to kind of give you guys an intro to her before we get into this. Typically, we do the intro before and then we invite our guests in. But Savannah is so fun and is just a perfect BB girl that I was like, you need to be a part of this whole process. Mm-hmm. So here we are. So Savannah is somebody that honestly, guys, I just wanted to bring her on just as a wealth of knowledge of all the things I genuinely could not decide what to talk to her about it was like a struggle because she's such a deep well of revelation and just she just carries authenticity I think would be the word I would use to describe Mm -hmm. you're so authentic in everything you do and so there was just so many things I wanted to ask you but I I landed today Amanda and I talked about it and we landed on talking to her about vulnerability because Mm -hmm. I think that what it is about her that I'm drawn to the most is that everything that she does she tries to do it transparently and Mm -hmm. authentically and just invites other people along into that process and it's so inspiring Mm -hmm. like you know those people that you read their Instagram posts and you're like I can be real and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. like you make realness seem really beautiful and in a world where I feel like the opposite tends to be the truth where like the, be- the better the filter, the better mm-hmm. the wording, like, mm-hmm. the better it looks like my life is perfect, mm-hmm. then that's applauded. The bigger
0: boat that I'm on.
1: Yeah, the bigger yacht that I'm traveling the world, <laughs> the more it looks like I don't have a job and nobody understands how I pay for everything. Yes. That's the thing that's, like, valued, totally, right? But, Savannah, yeah. I feel like you make the mess look really beautiful. Totally. And it is, like, it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk to her today about vulnerability and just kind of invite her to share her – I just want to pre- press play on your heart, honestly, and be like, yeah. what is God – doing well
2: before we do that um you guys ask questions at the beginning of your podcast so i thought <laughs> i would ask you guys questions no, i love, love that switch love things it. around a little bit keep you on your toes you're such a so beauty. <laughs> my first um question is what are you guys having from starbucks today and then my second question is what is your favorite
0: cheesy or non-cheesy christmas movie
1: i love that so much okay Go, Mandy, go. So
0: today, I'm drinking a Grande Peppermint Mocha Mm -hmm. with almond milk and only two pumps of the peppermint because... Hashtag syrup Hashtag two mm-hmm. um, And it's the first one Of like the holiday season So it's super yummy You had like a twinkle In your eye today When I asked you What you were getting <laughs> And you
1: said I'm gonna get a peppermint mocha Like you had waited For this moment Because we're had, Again we're in Nashville And it's very, it's very cold very cold
0: It has to be Just kind of like the PSL Has to be like chilly out The peppermint mocha for Has, me, to, be has to be cold
1: I mean that's so true yeah. mm-hmm. I like knew you were So pumped about yeah. it Yeah
0: PSL is to fall As um, peppermint mocha Is to winter mm-hmm. Preach I'm going to put that on a shirt. You're welcome. And then my favorite Christmas movie is Serendipity, which I don't even know if this is considered a Christmas movie, but it's like a holiday movie. Mm -hmm. And I just love like, oh, wow, I'm drawn a blank. What's the actor's name in that movie? Isn't it John Cusack? Yes. John Cusack, yes. I yes. love him. And Kate Beckinsale. Ba- which I don't really like care for her that much. She kind of annoys me, honestly. She's Steven's celebrity
1: crush, and so I don't like her naturally. I feel I'm like, like whose celebrity
0: mm-hmm. crush is she not? Because she's, she's so such a beautiful. She's such a babe. But I'm like, bye. I really just like John.
2: Yeah, I like John, too. He has this nerdiness yes. about him. Yeah, and, I, and Cammy
0: knows this about me. I'm a sucker for nerds. Mm-hmm. I love oh, you love nerds. a good nerd. I love a good nerd. And John Cusack is that Hollywood yes. nerd for me. He really is. So I love that movie. I just like love the like fate in it where they like hit the elevator buttons and they could be together but they just barely miss it because it's not the right timing and then when it is the right timing it's like the best and mm-hmm. I always watch it while I wrap Christmas gifts.
1: I love I didn't even know oh, that. that's mm-hmm. such a sweet tradition. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so good. Oh, that's such That movie makes me want to go to New York every, every time, time I watch it. Yep. I'm like I need to go to New York. I get a big ice I cream and to be real, I've been to Serendipity a lot and like it's I don't think it's actually that good. And there are always millions of people right. there. And you're really? like, why are we all waiting in line for like a frozen hot chocolate? A Which hot is chocolate. good. Like really?
0: Yeah, but, but you have go to anywhere.
1: do it. You have to do it. Okay, so I am drinking what well, Amanda's go-to for Christmas season is peppermint mocha. My go-to is anything gingerbread. So I'm drinking mm-hmm. a grande gingerbread latte with two pumps of gingerbread, mm-hmm. non-fat mm-hmm. milk, no whipped cream. Extra shot of espresso. Oh, and it's oh, so good. Love so it. Good. Wait, Amanda, do they put whipped cream on the
2: they
0: ask mocha? They okay. ask, and I said yes today. Did you receive? Yeah, ask I received. received it. Today, today was the day <laughs> Yeah, today receive. it is cold. I'm in Nashville, mm-hmm. but some days I'm like, mm, probably shouldn't do the. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had like a cookie with this, so yeah. I'll say no to the whip. But today I was <laughs> so like, you said
1: yes whip, but today I said absolutely. So good. Okay, guys, favorite <laughs> Christmas movie. Like okay, I have legit favorite Christmas movies, like ones that are actually good. Mm. But I'm just gonna share about a movie I watched last night Mm -hmm. that brought me so (laughs) much joy. I can't Christmas Bell, (laughs) guys. Is it it, B E L L or B E L L? -L 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 Like Beauty and the Beast. Okay, let me just hold on, real quick. I please tell me the premise of this movie. Oh, okay. Multiple things. One, it's called Christmas Bell. So unlike Serendipity, which you're like, is it a Christmas movie? Is it not? But it's clearly a Christmas. Like, it has very, it's lots of Christmas-y Christmas things, elements, right? Yeah. Christmas bell, they're telling you it's at Christmas, but there's nothing else that has anything to do with Christmas. Like, it's in California, so there's no Christmas vibes or feels. What? They literally just randomly bring up Christmas like a couple of times. I think just to be like, what? we can put this out at Christmas, so let's just tell you it's Christmas, but it's so <laughs> irrelevant. The whole movie is basically a remake of Beauty and the Beast. No. But no. it's play, the lead girl is Haley Duff, not Hillary. <gasps> Hey, Lita. Oh. Sister. Mm-hmm. It, I could go on and on about this. It is, like, appallingly bad, which makes it appallingly good. Like, yes. I laughed out loud <laughs> so many times. Mm-hmm. I, and we ended up going back. And so I was watching with two of my friends, Courtney and Kaylee. And the guy, the lead guy, is just God bless him. He's just a really bad actor. It's mm-hmm. just not his strength, you yeah. know? Yeah. He runs shirtless in the movie. We ended up timing it for a minute and 43 seconds within the film he is Stop running shirtless. It. There's no point to it. They don't address it. It doesn't lead anything to the plot. He's literally just running through the vineyards shirtless for no reason. Everyone, through the vineyards. Then you know
2: they literally filmed this in June. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. And you know yeah. they were like, "Hey, um you're not that good of an actor, but you definitely your strength is that you look really good with your shirt off." So, so let's why don't just, you just play run. On that, why you know? do not you just run through the beach? It <laughs> is and My favorite part, and you will now notice this if you watch it, they have a soundtrack. And I use that term so loosely. (laughs) It is like if you got a keyboard from Best Buy and you played like the automated like piano parts. You clicked on play and Mm -hmm. just went one, two, three. It's that it's the entire movie it never stops it's on a loop it doesn't stop the whole movie and it'll stop for like two seconds when it's like the track is just like refreshing <laughs> and it's not mixed to the point where it's so loud throughout the movie like it's if you focus on it too much it'll drive you crazy because mm-hmm. it's all you can hear
0: oh my god so I what i are saying is this is everyone's new favorite Christmas what i'm movie. <laughs> saying is
1: friends go watch christmas bell please tag us in it i need to know your thoughts <laughs> If you like bad, good movies, this will be the best thing you've ever Where seen. Where
2: can you find Christmas it's, Bell?
1: It was on Netflix, apparently. I think last night, this is so embarrassing to admit, I think that Kaylee rented it and paid three I'm pretty sure because she knew how much it would bring me life. Stop. Can I just say, worth every penny. Yeah, worth what every a, good penny. <laughs> oh, worth a good friend to you. Oh,
0: such a good friend. Worth every penny to get a good laugh out so, of. So,
1: Christmas Bell, forever. So, okay. like, do you have a favorite Christmas movie?
2: So, like you, I actually have favorite Christmas movies, but I will say I watched one yesterday on Netflix. Well, I watched two yesterday on Netflix because my I husband is a rock star before he left. Um, not left me, but yeah. left for tour. <laughs> <laughs> he left for oh, tour. Oh, He's a fan. He so He's Watching a musician. The movie, he said, Let's yeah. get yeah. down yeah. to vulnerability. <laughs> um, no, but we watched two <laughs> Christmas movies on Netflix yesterday. One was called Christmas with a View, which was about, it was like a chef thing, which I was kind of into. And it was cheesy didn't sound quite as cheesy as um Christmas Bell like what you said <laughs> but this is the way that I kind of rank these movies I came up with a point system Oh let's so hear So my it. point system is this idea of like plus 100 points if the main characters go from being strangers okay to making out at the end so oh, like plus 100 points good one yeah plus 200 points for a proposal Oh by for the end sure, for sure and then plus 300 points for marriage, marriage. And kid Yeah because my favorites it. are when it starts off and they literally don't know each other. But then you fast forward an hour of 40 minutes and all of a sudden they have a little kid running around. Oh. And you're like, <laughs> how did this happen? <laughs> like, wow, And that, that only that happens easy. in Hallmark or Netflix so Christmas specials. OK, so Christmas with a view was plus 100 points because they made out at the end. Um, And then my second favorite one was called Merry Christmas.
0: <gasps> I
1: love Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh I God. love Merry Christmas. <laughs> OK, isn't it
0: so it's good? so good. That is incredible. It's so bad good. Was Christmas yes, Prince but the one that was out last okay, season? Okay, I watched that one. Too. I don't want to be
2: like judged for this. That wasn't the worst movie that's ever happened. No, absolutely not. No, I actually kind of semi enjoyed it. Me too. I took like an
0: unplugged day and I was just like, oh, no, I Christmas Prince. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. So I was, I'm honestly super into
0: those Netflix that Christmas makes me so specials. Happy. And there's
2: like an advent calendar one on right now that was super good.
0: Oh. I've been getting into the spirit of things. So we also, should put like our top 10 cheesy Netflix was Christmas shows say, on our feed like in december when the time and comes. guys
1: if you're listening to this and you have recommendations please, please dm them. there's nothing more basic during the holidays than a good hallmark christmas movie absolutely mm-hmm. they're actually i heard that there was an app that you can like see them all and you can check them off as you've seen them that's genius that if that's not genius. a real thing and i just made that up from a dream i'm gonna do it right yeah. now <laughs> because that <laughs> is amazing okay so savannah
0: what is your go-to drink at starbucks we have to know
2: Okay, so this is a little boring, but it could be twisted to be basic. Okay. I don't drink coffee, oh, but I, I do this. have a drink I love from Starbucks. Love it's called hear it. the Mint Majesty.
1: I love Mint Majesty.
2: Wait, Isn't it, it, it is so it kinda good? like? Is it kind of like Medicine Ball? Um, you, I heard you talk about that. I've actually never heard of that before until you. It's but so Mint good. Majesty is just like a regular tea, but I put almond milk in it. And it's... There are two mints that you have
0: So European at interview. Starbucks.
2: I know, very European. There are two mint options. Don't get the first one.
0: Always go for Mint Majesty. Mint Majesty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, see, you guys learn something new every single day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're super excited to dive into vulnerability with Savannah, But this is also a really cool thing is that she's an avid listener. And so because of that, we want to know what has been maybe your favorite episode or like something... That you just enjoyed about the podcast, just literally anything. Like really, anything this goes. is us
1: just clearly fishing for compliments yeah. <laughs> in your presence. For like, really, this is me being a two. Here, if you could just tell us what you love about us, tell that would me be great. words about affirmation. Well, the fact that you listen honestly alone makes me feel really it validates me good. Oh, because I listen to every single. You are very so smart. Much.
0: You're a smart human being, and like your writing is incredible. And so when I knew that you listened, I was very flattered but also very insecure very quickly. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> why? I was like, your words are
1: so yes. much oh my higher than mine. So, so we running. say like fester and like. I make up words, Savannah, that so was it's a not hard. <laughs> it is
0: was. fester
2: what you call when you go shopping in the woods? Or like, <laughs> Now yes. it is. No, <laughs> that was <laughs> foraging. That oh. was real. But okay. foraging really
0: is foraging though.
2: Okay, so that is an actual word. That is. For- foraging okay. is foraging. I knew See, I had gotten those mixed up and I thought, In my mind, I've been envisioning you going into the woods, grabbing things, and calling it festering.
0: (laughs) I like that. I wish that's when we were festering. Fester was like, I meant to say, like thinking about. I still don't really fully know, but like thinking on something, like. And you know what I Brewing thought the word that you should
2: have used was marinate. Yes. Th- yeah, that is the word
0: I was looking for. That's what you were trying That's to say. That's what you were trying to say. And it just turned into faster. This is the
1: longest but- conversation about a non-word that we've ever had. This has been months that we've... <laughs> this might clarify things for people, though. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> now I, that think they know I can't be the only in one me. in the
0: world, you guys. But I
2: will say, okay, so favorite moment on like a serious level would probably be the one about dear 20-year-old me or whatever. So the idea of like going through your 20s, because I think so many people coming out of college think that there is a linear timeline that we have to follow so Mm -hmm. get out get your dream job which like rarely if ever happens for Mm -hmm. someone right when they graduate and then you find the spouse and you find like the perfect wedding venue and work perfect wedding dress and your family's perfect and this idea that it's not linear so I thought that was a really encouraging episode to know that everything is messy and this is Mm -hmm. just life like no one's life actually follows a linear timeline even if it looks that way on social media or even if people project that forward Um, And then I would say the funniest thing is from a couple of weeks ago, whenever you told us to um, slow down the time of the podcast (laughs) to half, and listen... You guys, go back to this episode, The Monster and Us, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Go back to The Monster and Us. Listen to the intro. I'm begging you. I will never lead you astray when it comes to funny <laughs> things. This is
1: so good. And
2: Amanda just all of a sudden starts talking about like, oh, my friend told me to slow down the podcast and listen to us talk. And then I think she gave suggestions of where to go. But don't. Do it there. <laughs> Click on the half timing and it will slow them down. And they both go on for like five minutes
0: about how they've never done drugs. <laughs> and and
1: have- we sound so out.
0: The irony is that we sound high off yes. of our minds while Cambie we're talking about it. was like, drugs.
1: "I've never done <laughs> drugs." <laughs> That's exactly what it, <laughs> it's like. So, guys, it's going to be okay. Like I don't I can't even in my wildest dreams think of how I would actually ever sound like that, mm-hmm. but listening to it back is so trippy. Yeah. It really is.
2: So those are probably my favorite couple of moments. There are other specific moments I think of, but just as far as broad strokes, like if people are new to listen and they want to go back and listen to a couple of things, then
0: I would say those episodes. That's so Love it. it. Thank you so much. We're so happy you're a listener. I love yeah. that. So Savannah,
1: you were, you know, kind of sharing like that the episode about the 20s really spoke to you and just that, I always say like 20s is your fighting years. Like you're just figuring out how the heck to do this thing called adulting and just getting through life. So I know for you, just from like the little bit of time we have gotten to spend together, you've had like so many different seasons, I feel like, in your 20s. Like li- doing totally different jobs, living in different cities, um, pursuing different dreams, dying to dreams, letting them go, having new ones be built, like mm-hmm. finding your husband. Can you just kind of share to our listeners, honestly, whatever you feel like they need to hear, but just a little bit of your story and yeah. how you got to where you are today.
2: So right now I'm 27, so I'm still in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm eager to get to my 30s too. Everyone makes it sound really great. Um, but I so I graduated from college from Belmont, and I kind of had this idea that I would do a lot of music stuff or creative endeavors. At that point, I honestly didn't even write, so I didn't have that in my mind. But I just thought I would go like lead worship and become some Christian celebrity worship leader. In <laughs> my mind, thing. I was like, I done. love that. I That's love easy. That. I can do that. I can whatever. Do that. And my worst nightmare was the idea of like getting married and being someone's wife because I was Preach, like, "That's get a trap." Let that, me know.
1: We are we the same? Yeah,
0: yeah. Are Savannah so and I similar. best friends? Yes. Legitimately, yes. I was like, if "I'll get be married, over here, you
2: guys." Yeah. guys. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Amanda, sorry. And I am the new co-host, of basically. <laughs> Sorry, Amanda, we actually okay. You I'm here. gonna go ahead and head out to you let guys you know that really you've been podcast. replaced.
0: <laughs> it's um, been great.
2: <laughs> no, but Amanda, you're amazing at what you do too. But there, um, basically, I was like super nervous about the idea of like actually growing up, and so I think I just had fun for about two years where I was like, oh, I'll work like all these part-time jobs, not think about my future, and I had friends who literally, like in college, were doing internships and stuff like, to work towards their career. I don't know why my brain just does not think like that, but I was like, college is for, like, having fun and learning and being with my friends. Yeah. So I had zero foundation for a career success once I got out. What was your major in at Belmont? I double majored in theology and art. So the least, oh, yes. like, wow. snap, snap, whatever. Snap. You're such a four. I am such a four. Such a four. A four. Uh-huh. So you I art, are you should kidding? have done business or something (laughs) but I have no business knowledge I had to take one math class and one science class total and the rest were just like thinking about conceptual things which is great because I feel like I grew into being a really good person but I definitely did not grow into a good career because I had no idea what I was doing so (laughs) I basically started working as a barista which I also judged everyone who was out of college and working as a barista especially going to Belmont where it costs like $30,000 a year to go luckily I had a little bit of scholarship but I was a barista for like two years and I was like, God, why do I feel so hidden? I was leading worship at this church um, and a bunch of honestly really crazy things happened. I released an EP and the next day after releasing it, I was working at this coffee shop and one of my best guy friends came in and was like, Savannah, look, your EP is like number eight on the Christian charts on iTunes. And I thought he had photoshopped it. So I was like, "Eh, whatever. (laughs) And then it turns out it actually did you really well. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. But then, like, because I hadn't been to therapy for very long at that point, it was only like a year, I totally (laughs) self-sabotaged. And I was like, once, you know, you ask God for this thing for so long, and I was like, I want to do music. And then, like, you kind of get it and then freak out because Mm -hmm. you realize, man, I'm like not prepared for this. Yeah, Yeah, what does this mean? And what are the implications? So I basically freaked out. I had all of these meetings with all of these really professional people, and I am not, that way but I feel like why I, I love needed... you
1: because again so authentic not and I would end up in these
2: meetings with these like music executives sobbing their brains out like talking about their family trauma and stuff which is so because you're such a
1: counselor exactly
2: totally but definitely as far as like stepping forward in your career mm-hmm. not necessarily a strong suit and so I think God was honestly protecting me because everything literally fell apart two years later I met my husband he Which can playing. you please
1: yeah share that story because I love that I don't think you've heard this, Amanda. No, Their I'm love story guys,
2: I'm excited. is so cute. So Todd at that point was music directing for Passion in Atlanta, and they went on tour like as a band a lot. And he was playing at Bridgestone Arena,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and a pastor was preaching there that I like really really loved. And so one of my good friends is also a music director for another band, and they were playing at the same show. And so this friend was like, "Hey, like come, I know you love this pastor." come to the show, I'll get you backstage, blah, 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 you can slip in and slip out. So I went backstage and met this pastor and I was like freaking freaking out because I was like this man you have changed my life. I called him my virtual shepherd for a while. Yeah. And, um, I was just like on cloud nine, whatever. And my friend was like, Hey, do you want to come back and meet the passion band? And I was like, no, it's fine. Like I'm honestly doing great. Thank you. And he, for some reason just pushed it. And I feel like it was probably just God totally <laughs> being like your husband's in there. And so That's we went so back, I met everyone super quickly, walked out, but From Todd's perspective, Todd basically just heard God say, like, that's your wife. So Todd, who is the most introverted person ever, walks out and follows me to the side stage area while I'm watching this pastor preach. And he keeps on trying to start these conversations. And I was like, hey. And I literally said at one point, like, hey, I'm here to see this pastor's <laughs> thing.
1: Excuse- so if you could just quiet it down. Hey, um, in if my you're ear. trying to impress me, this is actually really annoying. Yes, yeah. and he Please was like,
2: talking. he like made a joke or something like that. And now knowing him, it is so out of his comfort zone and character to like. You probably feel so bad that.
1: because you're like, oh my gosh, that took everything that in took him. Everything and I basically needed. rejected and
2: him. And he is the best thing that's ever happened to Aww. me. So the fact that I was like,
1: see ya. And so
2: afterwards, he, like, basically started talking about, like, a little bit about his story and his testimony and how God healed his, like, hand and let him, like, because he had tendonitis. And so he, like, now gets placed and keys and how yeah, thankful he was. he's a phenomenal he keys. He's amazing. Aww. Yeah. And I literally was so distracted by this pastor that I was like, <laughs> well, I was like, thank you so much. I was like, thank you for being so sweet to me, but I've got to go. So I left and didn't even say anything to him. I didn't even remember his name. So my friend who had invited me there texted me when I got home and was like, hey, so this guy asked for your number. Is that okay? And I was like, who would have asked for my number? I oblivious. literally, Yeah, so oblivious. Because in my dream world, I would be getting married when I was like 35 years old. Totally. Which that was
1: me, Savannah. We're still so similar. Joanna it. And yeah. like having oh, a baby at
2: 37, yep. maybe another one at 40, yep. and yeah. just like living my life.
0: Which, by, speaking of Joanna Gaines, her, like her oldest kid is at least 12 or something. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that means she... She started somewhat early, right? I'm trying to just think of, like, no. I don't know. Oh. She's
2: 40. And so I think she
0: probably started when she was 28. Oh, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So I know. I was just trying to yeah. think about that out loud. That woman is always in her zen den. I
2: just love her. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> doing it all. Um, so literally, my friend was like, yeah, so this guy asked for your number. Is that okay? And I literally didn't know who it was. So I was like, sure, that's fine. I was like, as long as he's not a Christian musician. Because I really Stop. didn't want him to be. I didn't want to marry a Christian musician. Wow.
1: Because you lived in Nashville. It's so, like you get what that world is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. And my friend was like, he's
2: not like typical musicians, which is also true. Just like Todd is never going to like roll out in like leather pants and like no. a, a crazy hat or something, which is fine if you care about fashion. But I would not be into that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I, I need to be the person who cares the most about the way that I look. And I don't care really about the way that I look. So we need low maintenance people in yes. my house. So in my house. Yeah. And Todd is. The definition of that. So Todd called me the next day and he was like, Hey, I'm playing a show. He's playing with Christy Knuckles next week in Nashville. He said, I'm playing a show with Christy next Wednesday. Can I take you out on a date afterwards? Bold. And so bold. We went to Pinewood Social and so cute. in the middle of the date, like I just felt peace in my heart and I knew I was going to marry him. That's so I insane. have a video from when he went to the bathroom at Pinewood. <gasps> I sent it to my best friend and I said, I'm going to marry this guy. I just knew it. Do you I still have that it. video? Yeah. We played it at our, like, engagement, whatever. I
1: can't. That this is, is so really basic. We is. got
2: married. We met on August 4th of 2015. We got married on April 4th of 2016. We met and got married in eight months.
1: I love that so much. Yes. That is Honestly, insane. for most listeners or people, I'd be like, that's a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. But for Savannah, like, you yeah. just know so deeply who mm-hmm. you are. And I know Todd is the same way. So it's like, I feel like y'all just were running after the Lord Completely like sure of your identity, and then just looked at each other and we're like, "Yep, this is person, this works." It's so true, yep.
2: and for me especially because I was such like a wild person, like not a, like whatever with partying but just as far as like I wanted like my own freedom and whatever so the fact that I was like I want to be tied down to you like I want to do life with you yes was huge and he lived in another city too so he was in Atlanta and it was really hard to date so it wasn't like it wasn't
0: convenience at all it was like this is who I'm. we drove
2: every weekend to see each other Mm. like to Chattanooga Uh. or to Atlanta he would come up here and so it was literally like we know we're gonna get married it's just a matter of when and we had to wait until his um, touring was over that spring. And so we got, the only option was to get married on a Monday night. So we did yes. with 30 people
1: wow. and yeah, we
2: got stuff done.
1: Okay. So then right when you guys got married, mm-hmm. a whole new season for you because you moved, moved to, to Atlanta. Atlanta. Talk about that. And then how you got back here and just what the past couple years have been like. How so long have you, you been married? Um, we've been married for two and a half years. Okay. And has he been touring that whole time? He's been touring the whole time. Wow. Mm-hmm, since I've known him, he's toured. So
2: I moved to Atlanta because he was still at that point a part of um, Passion. And um, to be honest, it was definitely, it is still to this day, definitely the hardest season of my entire life. It was eight months of living in a new city with, I didn't know anyone. This was my LA. Yeah, it was your LA. It sounds just like that. And I basically had no foundation, no community, but there's something so sweet about that, which I'm sure you can attest Mm to, of... God uses it to help you just rely on your spouse.
1: Actually, I remember we talked on the phone for You're like so two right. hours, and I was yes. driving somewhere. I don't remember.
0: Was this when you were in LA? No,
1: I had moved. I think I had just moved back. You had just moved back, and I had just. And she moved had just to moved, Atlanta. and she was like, "Wow!" So and you have I was like, share, "Yeah." Like, and we just no, had this cool. beautiful conversation, and I, I remember talking to you and having this like, kind of like bittersweet feeling yeah. in my heart for you because I was. So I knew how hard it was gonna be, but I also was so excited for you because I knew what the Lord was gonna do through that, and I knew like what a sacred and like holy time for your husband and you, and just for you and Jesus that was gonna mm-hmm. be. Yeah, cause Todd was
2: I mean he was touring too, and so, so it was the same. With I would go. A this is not allowed. I would go like five days without seeing another person. Wow. And I – there's something, like, that sounds romantic about that. And I'm sure, like, you being a mom that you're like, man, I would love to have five days long, yeah. And that sounds good. But, like, when there's no other option, like, it's, when it's because it you literally more, don't like, have depressing
0: anyone. easily. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I – When you're not choosing that, it's like, yeah. When it's not a choice, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, it was such a brutal season where I – Made friends with this guy who um, worked at an antique shop. A salvage shop down the street. His name was Billy. He had a glass
0: eye. <laughs> I love Billy. So Billy. I would
2: go see Billy every couple of days. Shout just out to, Billy like,
0: if you listen to our podcast. I would love Bates, like, if Bates. Billy oh. listened
2: to it. Literally, I'll paint the picture. He wore jorts, jean shorts. Yeah, He's he probably is. in his 50s, late 50s. No shirt and had a glass eye and long, long gray hair. Absolutely. Not what you were picturing, right? No, not Honestly, at all. I love him so much. Yeah. Me too. And he, I call it sonar therapy, where you just walk into, like, sometimes people go to Target or Barnes & Noble whatever, yep. and you walk in and you just need other people's, like, radars to bounce off of you just to remind yourself, like, other You're people human. exist in the mm-hmm. world. Everyone's yep. living their lives. But, like, it was seriously brutal. So I basically, at the end of that, um I just wasn't thriving at all. Like, I couldn't – I just couldn't make community. Like, I couldn't make friends. It was terrible. So by month six, Todd was like – we're not thriving here. And Aww. I was like, Thank God. Thank <laughs> you God you realize that because Yes. Because I was like crying all the time mm-hmm. and just that loneliness which I think God uses, but I don't it's not a long term thing, thing for us. We yeah. need each other. And so we just essentially prayed, God, like, please get us out of here. And wow. so Um, everything was kind of dependent on Todd's work, obviously, too, because we couldn't just move anywhere without a job. Right, So I went to Nashville one weekend when he was on tour, and um, I'm friends with Lauren, or I knew Lauren Daigle from a while ago. And so we just got lunch. We happened to get lunch one weekend. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about how her music director was gone and Keys Player was gone and how they were looking for someone. And I was like, Lauren, we want to move here so badly because that's where I'm from, to Nashville. And I said, please, like – see if this would work and so the next day her management called Todd and like hired him on the spot <laughs> Stop. yeah that is such a blessing so we got to move back to Nashville and um yeah it honestly it's been so much better ever since that's yes. incredible so I want I, so I wanted much.
1: I pulled up the scripture because God was just kind of reminding me of it and I feel like it's the season we both went to but um did you, I feel like you, I bet I'm going to read this and you're going to be like, yes, Cammie, this was my scripture. But Hosea 2.14. Though drawing out into the wilderness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love so it. I'm going to read this and I feel like this is just for a listener too. If you feel like you've ever, ever have or are walking through a season where you're like, God, I feel like I'm just in this like desolate place, mm-hmm. but I feel like you called me here and that's why it's confusing. Um, I clung to the scripture so much. So it says there, it says Hosea 2.14 and I, I think I'll just go through 16, but it says, Therefore behold I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her and there I will give I will give her her vineyards and make the valley of achor a door of hope and there she shall answer as in the days of her youth as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt and in that day declares the Lord you will call me my husband and no longer will you call me my baal mm. for I will remove the names of the baals from her mouth and they shall be remembered by name no more and I will make for them a covenant on that day with the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens and the creeping things in the ground, and I will abolish the bow, the sword, and the war from the land, and I will make you lie down in safety. And I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know me as the Lord. Mm-hmm. In that day I will answer, declares the Lord. And it goes on to the end, it says, um, and I will say, to not not to my people, you are my people, and you shall say, you are my God. Mm-hmm. I, That's so good. I love that it – first of all, I'm not changing it to say her. Like, it literally is saying her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love when it says, you will call me my husband, because in that scripture, like, God led me this passage, and I was in L.A., and my Billy was this homeless man that sat on the bench next to me yes. every morning. When we were looking at the ocean during our quiet time, and I didn't know his name because he wouldn't talk back to me when I talked to him, but we <laughs> sat on the same bench, and he like I don't know if he was mute. We're a oh, little unsure. Mm-hmm. So sweet though, we just had one conversation. We would just sit there, and I would read my Bible, and we both just like look at the water. And I read this passage one day and just wept. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it said like you, she shall call me her husband. In
0: mm-hmm.
1: that season, even though I had a husband, like he wasn't home,
0: Not physically, he wasn't like around. With you yeah, as much. yeah.
1: And I felt like the Lord was showing me what it meant to like go to a desert place with him and go to those places and like know that he's my husband he's my love and like Mm -hmm. he took the the valleys into a place of hope and I know like you can so relate to that well and it's so good
2: too like those wilderness seasons nobody wants to talk about or Mm -hmm. recognize I think that sometimes people talk about them but they're like Yeah, but, like, now I'm out of it, and it's Mm -hmm. amazing, and God totally spoke to me, but I think what's so good is the idea of, like, recognizing that wilderness seasons are good just being wilderness seasons, like, not just because spring comes, but because, like, in winter, things that need to be put to death are put Mm -hmm. to death, and for me, I – something I I realized, I guess, in that season in Atlanta was I had attached my identity to so many different things Mm -hmm. and attached my worth to – I was leading worship at this church and like a zillion people called me all the
0: time.
1: Like mm-hmm. I could have filled my
2: schedule like left you, Cammy, right. yeah. left and I'm right. I'm really looking
1: at you like shaking my head because I'm like, this is yeah. my exact testimony.
2: Yes. And I could like I had access to anyone. And honestly, I don't think in my entire life up until moving to Atlanta that I had ever experienced real loneliness. Same. Mm-hmm. And there's something about loneliness that once again it's not I don't think it's God's intention for us long term but there's something about it that just strips away all of your pretenses totally. and all of the masks that you want to wear mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you feel the way that I describe it this is kind of crass but the way that I describe it is that like it's like a naked piece of meat just hanging and then just with the wind where you feel yep. every part
0: that of everything that is the everything. best like picture you could have painted yes. because I ne- I've i never moved Well, which we have a whole episode that Kimmy and I are going to share about our marriages and how like we met our husbands and all that so I won't go like very deep into this story, but my husband and I broke up for a really long, like six to eight month period. Mm -hmm. And that was my loneliness. And I, there was days like five or six days where I didn't see anyone, but I chose that because Mm -hmm. I was in such a dark place of just like, I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. But that is so true. I felt like I would just kind of go wherever the day took me a little bit. And that was like when you're like, it's like raw meat. Is that what you said? Just yeah. Like, well, you are so
1: naked and like you vulnerable. You yeah. do. you are like, naked and vulnerable.
0: Yeah. And it was just, yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. And in that loneliness, that's when I truly found Jesus. Like I've been yeah. a Christian my whole life, but like I didn't have a relationship with God until I was in that loneliness. So mm-hmm. I always think there's like something really be- like, beautiful about the loneliness because mm-hmm. like that's when everything else is quieted. Like you don't have a choice sometimes, you know? Yeah.
2: And that's honestly, that's super powerful to mm-hmm. recognize mm-hmm. that that. Loneliness is just something that I feel like nobody really ever wants to talk about. And especially like once you're married, which I know that yours was before that, but I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys can both attest to this. But like once you get married, for me, I was like a newlywed in experiencing deep loneliness. Even though that's Todd hard. is the best
0: person. Like right. I am obsessed with him, but mm-hmm. recognize his work.
2: Yeah, he like, was like gone, he was
0: a doctor. Mm-hmm. It's not like he chose to leave his wife. It's like that's what you have to do. It's what he has to do. And yeah. that's what I signed up for, and that's mm-hmm. what you yep, signed same. up for Stephen. Steven.
2: Mm-hmm. But realizing, like, I think I felt so much guilt because Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, I'm married. I shouldn't feel lonely Mm. because, like, this person is supposed to fulfill this, like, relational Mm -hmm. thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And part of that is obviously true because it's, like, it's, like, my favorite relationship. But the other part is that, like, God is ultimately the one who fills that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when that's rightly in place, it's not that you won't feel loneliness because we do need each other. But the loneliness is less chronic I feel Mm -hmm, like when you mm -hmm. recognize man like even when I'm here and Billy's the only person I've seen for five days Mm -hmm. when I come back to my house when I feel alone Jesus is in this room with me and it's not this make-believe thing but he's actually sitting on my couch with me watching the great British make-off and he's in my kitchen with me (laughs) making dinner and realizing that there's no such thing as being alone Mm -hmm. with God and the loneliness is a real feeling and that's pointing to something that's going on, it doesn't mean that you are actually alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think really it's good. learning
1: to know him in different ways. Cause mm. it's when you know, you might know God as you know the provider, you might know him as like the person you prayed to or whatever. But when you know him as husband or mm. you know him as like bridegroom or you know him as best friend, like yeah. those are different ways to know him. But it, I feel like you, it's so easy for us to turn to physical, actual people we can mm-hmm. see. And like mm-hmm. a relationship that's good. I mean, well, a lot are great. Well, and it's instant great.
0: gratification for yeah. us when mm-hmm. we're looking for something to be filled. But Kami and I actually just had this conversation in the car on the way here because we were talking about, I was telling her <clears throat> that I've never felt more of a need for my husband since becoming a mom mm-hmm. because I'm constantly pouring out to somebody else who really can't be left alone yet. Can't be like, can't get, grab something from the pantry to feed herself, you know, just like simple daily things. That I found myself putting her to bed and then going to Tyler being like, give me, give me, give me. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to be filled because mm-hmm. I just, I poured out all day long to this person. Mm-hmm. And I, like, quickly realized, like, that's not your job. Like, mm-hmm. our jobs are to enjoy one another. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't be filling me up and me, like, waiting to finish my job so that you can fill me up. Like, that's not your job. That's putting way too much pressure on you. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it's just the your relationship with the Lord is so important when it comes to feeling that way well Mm -hmm. I don't know if
1: you felt this way Savannah but hard thing for me in that season was you want to be open with your husband and so you want to say to him like hey I'm struggling with feeling lonely and I'm struggling with this and this but then it's also like you don't want them to feel guilty because you totally support their calling and Mm -hmm. it's like you know Todd was made he's getting to travel and play keys and MD for these amazing Christian artists that are blessing the world like Mm -hmm. and I know Stephen was made to be like, a vessel for God to use to heal people, and, like, he was Mm -hmm. called to be a doctor. So I never wanted him to feel guilty, but at the same time, I'm like, I need to be real and to have you know that this is where I'm at. And Mm -hmm. it was so hard because you – finding that balance is really difficult, you know?
2: But it's so good, too, because at the end of the day, we think, oh, I can either support Stephen in his calling – or I can like be selfish and crazy. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Where we think it's either one or the other, but the reality is, is that it's both. So like you, mm-hmm. you felt lonely, and Stephen was in his calling, mm-hmm. and you needed to express that and simultaneously support Stephen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. neither of those trumps the other, but both of them are mutual. Yeah. And that was a huge thing for me because I think obviously when you first get married, it's just a cluster because yeah. it's just so confusing, yes. and yeah. you're everything's wrong. You're, lo- you're lobbing each other's pain at each other, but. <laughs> Um, so true, but when we got married, like it, it, our first year of marriage was so awesome though. Like it, it was really holy and sacred. I feel like, but um, when I would Todd would leave every time, I like dreaded it because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, he's going. Like I've had a weekend with him, and now I have to have five days by myself. And I remember like wanting to punish him for it, and mm-hmm. then wrestling with, okay, like God, I'm not gonna punish my husband for his job. But I do need to be open about, like, this isn't sustainable for me to live mm-hmm. this way. And there's nothing that I can do about it being sustainable or not sustainable. So, like, I'm with you through and through. However, I also have needs. Yeah. And so that's what's so tough about it is, like, marrying you wanting to do, like, the Christian thing and then simultaneously feeling all of your yeah. feelings and mm-hmm. wanting to give them validation.
1: Well, I feel like that segues perfectly into vulnerability because I think that's what I'm so drawn to about you is you stand – where your feet are like gracefully and you're not afraid to acknowledge the beauty and the pain mm-hmm. and the darkness and the light of where you're at. Mm-hmm. And I think that as believers, something that the church has done a disservice of is we've religion has told us, put on this mask mm-hmm. and fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. And that, that saying is actually really damaging. Like, mm-hmm. like don't fake it till you make it, like mm-hmm. stand where you we are. We say
0: faith it till you make faith it now. Faith it till I you remember? make I it. I love yeah. I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like it, but it's not this, you know, put on a face and make sure you're okay, like, you can fully be able to acknowledge a season can be joyful and hurtful at the same time, Mm -hmm. it can be beautiful and messy, Mm -hmm. and you can be real with where you're at, and I think that that's so countercultural to, like, what our minds and hearts tell us, Mm -hmm. so I kind of just want you to share, like, your journey to vulnerability, and, Mm -hmm. like, what you feel like that looks like, and um, especially as a creative, because I feel like where you express your vulnerability is through writing Mm -hmm. songs, writing, like, I cannot wait for your book someday because it's going to blow minds. But poetry, <laughs> like you express it really well, and you put language to things that we all kind of feel. And again, like I said earlier, that language I think gives other people permission to, to sit where they okay with at feeling that way and know that God's there with mm-hmm. them in that mess. Mm-hmm. And like I think that the church needs more of that. Yeah, more empathy. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah,
2: and that's what. I d- thank you for saying that because yeah. I, I feel like if I wanted my life to embody like one quality, it would be empathy mm. where which people- it totally does. It yeah. Does. Yeah. So, thanks. Um, so as far as vulnerability, I mean, I have been going to the same counselor, which you guys know that I'm obsessed with her. I've been going to her for now six years. And it's definitely fluctuated like from every week to every month, every couple of months. And then when Todd and I got engaged, we went to her together too. So she's played a vital role in our lives. And I think that she's just helped me understand why God created us to be vulnerable Mm. creatures. And that when we, Brene Brown talks about like selectively numbing. So what we try to do is say... This is only a happy moment. Like, and this happens around the holidays all the time. Mm -hmm. Like where we get into Thanksgiving and Christmas and we're like, we have to be 1000% happy and nothing sad is happening. So then you numb the sadness, but then what happens is that you're just numbing your entire heart and then you can't experience the full joy. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that the way that God intended us to live and the idea of like that God has given us abundant life and life to the full, Mm -hmm. that what if that means that we're able to live with our whole hearts? Yeah. And let our whole hearts be affected by life. And when you were talking earlier about how seasons, like, where they can be super joyful, but also super, super sad, mm-hmm. I would say, like, all seasons are like that. Yeah. yeah it's all so seasons true. are blends of highs and lows. Mm-hmm. And there may be moments of, like, just extreme ecstasy or whatever. But at the end of the day,
0: like, everything comes with a mixture of everything else. Yeah. which That's I feel like that's what makes it so beautiful is, like, the beauty in the mess. And we've actually talked about this. I don't remember what episode it was in, but we talked about – we put it in our – we put it as, like, a quote on our Instagram. But it was something along the lines of we, like, have to let go of the need to categorize things. Mm -hmm. So, like, this makes me feel sad. This makes me feel happy. Like, I can only be happy at Christmas. I can Mm -hmm. only be – and it's, like, when we're willing to just, like – live mm-hmm. and like be free and who God's made us to be like we can feel all those things without the pressure of like okay this belongs here and my feelings this belongs here it's mm-hmm. like all of it together is who God made you yes. and like being able to live it with him and like walking next to him versus like doing things for him
2: mm-hmm. that's so good yeah it just reminds me of there's this um saying and I'm trying to remember what the exact measurements were so if you want to google this and get the actual measurements great if not I'm just going to kind of play around with it but I've heard a therapist talk about how one cup of water can create enough fog to cover like eight square um, city blocks. So the idea like all the way up to the tallest skyscrapers and all the way through to eight Whoa. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm like, what? It's something crazy like that. And so you can Google it once again, but it's something wild where one cup of water can create that much fog. And that's how I feel about when you were talking about categorizing and whatever, I think a lot of the times the reasons why we try to categorize it mm-hmm. is because there's some sort of like pain that we're not willing to go deal to. with. Yeah. So it's like around, once again, around Christmas time, this happens a lot with like families and family dynamics mm-hmm. and relational mm-hmm. things and disappointment, nostalgia and all that. When you walk into these situations and, like, something negative pops up, mm-hmm. you just immediately suppress it yep. and say, no, this is a happy time. We're like, not going to talk about We're that. not going to talk about yeah. that. But what ends up happening is that it just puts more and more water into mm-hmm. that glass and then it creates more and more fog in your life. Totally. Where all of a sudden you look around and you're like, why do I feel hazy? Why can't I explain how I feel mm-hmm. like what is going on in my heart? You know, those moments where you like look in your heart for so long and you're like, God, I literally don't know what's going on. in yeah. here. I think that that's what it is, where it's like when we're unwilling to deal with, you know, the glass of water, it just creates more and more confusion in the long term. Whereas if we would just willingly recognize like, hey, Going into, I don't know why I keep on thinking about Christmas. Maybe some listener needs to hear this. This idea of like going into like the holiday season when you're looking at these Hallmark movies and whatever, keep them in their right place. Because at the end of the day, like Hallmark movies are movies and it's a fictional story and keep Instagram posts in their right place and Instagram proposals in their right place. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you just don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Totally. And I think about even with like my engagement, the pictures were, like, amazing or whatever. But I, like, had a couple of breakdowns during that day. And, of course, I didn't post mm, about right. that. I did yeah. later on. But I didn't that day because I was excited genuinely about getting Eng- engaged itchy. to Todd. Yeah. But then there was so much more happening behind the scenes of just, like, dynamics and just grief and excitement all wrapped up in one. Yeah. So I think it's just really important to, like, maybe take a minute and identify, like, hmm, like, what could the glass of water be that I'm not willing to deal with? hmm What, how am I trying to control it or
0: suppress it? And like, Mm -hmm. why is
2: this fog in my life? You know, that's so good. So
0: good. So when it comes to like your writing or just like leading worship or whatever it is, like all the things you're great at doing, how, how would you say like you're vulnerable in those things, like in the gifts that God's given you? Like, how would you say that you let your, cause I, I see vulnerability and I know Kami does too, but like telling someone that like, you feel like you're a vulnerable writer, like a vulnerable worship leader, like what does that mean to you? Or what does that look like?
1: I,
2: it's definitely taken on, I think I hopefully am a more mature, vulnerable as time has gone on because I think at the beginning I just wrote and was like, this is exactly how I'm feeling and it becomes like a dumpster truck for everyone and everyone (laughs) online is like, we're not your therapist. (laughs) And we have people like that, like. Yes. Obviously, that we see online too, and we're like, hmm, probably shouldn't have posted yeah. that when the wound is still this raw. But you know, I, respect I think you, you can tell
1: when someone's complaining from a, a place of like bitterness, you and that's not life giving. No, no. When it hurts. It hurts. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that sucks for them. Yes.
2: I want to, I literally want to message everyone that does that and be like, hey, I've been there and legitimately know why you're doing this because you're needing some feedback. Mm-hmm. You're needing some you affirmation that, that you
0: feel this way. Yeah, Absolutely. all it is. Mm-hmm. But
1: go ahead. No, but when, when someone is in a different place declaring where they are but it's from a place of peace mm-hmm. and just acknowledgement like this is where I'm at it's not perfect but I'm just gonna like put this out there and mm-hmm. I'm like gonna show the beauty and the mess in it I feel mm-hmm. like that's such a different type of, of thing than just like dumping on people because
0: that's like in hopes that it blesses somebody else yeah. like you have a be- like you have a higher like mentality behind it's unifying it it's unifying it's yes like oh exactly. i'm
1: there too or i've been
0: there and that's you wanting to bring community. people together versus yeah. tell me that i'm right that's like yeah. a totally different thing
2: yeah like seeking out affirmation yeah. versus and, using it as an active. of service. and
0: i feel like you do that really well like you I, whenever i read your posts whether they're like long short like deep a little bit like lighter, or whatever i never feel like you're looking for affirmation mm-hmm. in your feelings like mm-hmm. i really do feel like you're you write in a way where it's like hey we've probably all been here and this is how I hope it like blesses you yeah
2: and I think that's like I think that's why writing feels so safe to me right now and maybe a little maybe too comfortable because I can see especially writing on Instagram which I feel so called to social media in this very bizarre way where when I look through it it feels like inauthentic to me Mm -hmm. inauthentic to people's experiences and real life experience that I I just feel this sense of God saying like just talk about your real life and that's why I output so much but it's hard because I get immediate feedback which I'm sure like you could probably relate to like photos that you've taken and like Mm -hmm. you maybe songs that you've done Mm -hmm. and like videos that you post from you like singing at the prayer whatever Mm -hmm. it is yeah But like, there's something good about that because you're immediately able to like minister to people Mm -hmm. and God's immediately able to use those words. But then there's something hard about it because you just constantly have to keep your motivations in check of, am I a checklist that I use for myself? And it's not like a literal one that I put on my mirror, but I often think through, am I posting this for one specific person to see? Because I don't want to do that. So if I'm hurt against Cammie Mm -hmm. and she's hurt me in a way and I write this amazing thing about why she's wrong. Do I want to post that so that she sees it and feels convicted? No, Mm -hmm. probably just need to deal with that in private. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is, am I posting this because I am if a real life relationship is at odds? Mm -hmm. Because I've seen that in my own life and like, I don't know. I think I still deal with shame around this of this idea of like if me and my husband are like fighting, or if me and my best friend are fighting, and that feels unstable to me, mm-hmm. it is so easy for me to turn to social media to post something and for people to be like, "You're amazing." You
0: know oh, what I mean? it's it's it really is instant gratification. It's like a hundred percent,
2: yeah. So you just constantly have to like keep that in check of like saying, okay, when is this like an act of service, and when is this a self-centered? Thing And not even like, oh, you're so self-centered, but more like trying to heal a wound that isn't someone on Instagram's to heal.
0: Totally. And And, someone who could be a stranger, potentially.
2: (laughs) They are strangers. And like what this last, honestly, the last couple of months has taught me about that even is that public opinion changes fast. Mm -hmm. Because like two and a half months ago, I wrote something that so many people got upset about And people were, like, flipping out. And the Facebook mom's wrath were, like, against me. And people said, like, some of the most brutal, mean things that have ever been said to me. And then two weeks later, another post went viral. And then all of these followers came and were like, you're the best writer that I've ever read. So learning to take everything, praise, and criticism with a grain of salt and recognizing, you know, like, God and I, we're okay. And if he needs to convict me, he's going to. And I'm just going to stay on track with him. Yeah. Todd and I are okay My therapist and I are okay and Catherine and I are okay. You know, like I have those
1: main people. That's so good. So do you feel like vulnerability, at least for social media, was something you naturally just like did or was there a moment where you made a decision of like, you know what, I'm going to be real. Like I'm done with this. I think it's just like an overflow of
2: like what God has been doing in my own life. Of Mm -hmm. just saying like, you know, I'm like not going to give way to this idea of success and what success is supposed to look like. And, like, I'm one of five kids. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know that either. Yeah, and my parents have been married for whatever, like 38 years or something like that. Anyways, everyone in my family is super successful. Like, everyone. Like, they do so well, and they're honestly so gifted at what they do. And I've always just kind of been, like, the odd person out in that sense of, like, not really valuing the corporate ladder or whatever. Right. Because I just don't really have that in me. And I think that once I, especially, like, got out of college and God was really, like, growing me, I just realized, like, this is who I am and I'm just going to be that way across every spectrum.
1: So beautiful. Okay, so last question. Um, I just want you to tell our listeners and tell us because we're sitting here and I want to know, how do you feel like you live a more vulnerable life? Like, if you were to give somebody just some encouragement on how to become more vulnerable – what does that look like and then also what do you think that that gives them like why would we why because I feel like for me vulnerability like it seems so countercultural and everything in me tells me to like protect and Mm -hmm. to not like live that way and I feel like there's honestly been times where I've been vulnerable and then I'm like oh that just hurt mm-hmm. you know and so it's hard for me to want to continue to step out in that way mm-hmm. um so I guess why and how are like the main questions mm-hmm. I'm asking who yeah. what
0: when where and who why read
1: yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> every single Brene Brown book first of all and then second of all that is just such a loaded question I'll say the couple of things that came to mind yeah so I would say it's impossible to love or be loved if you're not vulnerable mm-hmm. and so the idea like what you were talking about like just armoring up and that's I think a term that Brene Brown uses and that's what we do as a strategy to keep ourselves safe and mm-hmm. all of us learned how to wear armor since we were kids like mm-hmm. with whatever lie Satan told us or our parents told us or whoever a teacher mm-hmm. we then chose to self-protect instead of get hurt in mm-hmm. order to survive and then when you get in your 20s you're still wearing this armor from when you were like eight years old right you know what I mean in God's call to vulnerability, I think, is a call to take off the armor. And one of my favorite illustrations of that is like Jesus on the cross, like this idea that he was a naked man on this tree spread like wide for the world to recognize that God loved them. And it wasn't this self-protective way of loving us or a safe way of loving the world. God put himself 1000% out there so that we could experience him fully. And I think that that's the way that God modeled our lives to be able to live. And I think that God gives us a way into living vulnerably. Um, But just as a clarification, I don't think vulnerability means like putting yourself with unsafe people. Right. Or Mm -hmm. people who have proven themselves to be toxic or will step all over you or Mm -hmm. hurt you or use or use you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that God also created boundaries. And I think that for us and I think that there is a sense of safety and wisdom that comes along with that Mm -hmm. but I think so often we use boundaries as an excuse to just not tell the truth (laughs) I'm like okay Mm -hmm. like let's tone that down a little bit what's actually going on there's a time and a place there is a time and a place for honestly everything Mm -hmm. but I think that the reason why vulnerability is so important is because it allows us to experience love and the love of God and it allows us to fully love other people because otherwise it's just almost a learned behavior where Mm -hmm. we're like I think this is what love looks like so I'll do it but when you're vulnerable and you really let God in it's just exuding from your insides
0: you know which isn't that like the ultimate calling is to love God and love people Mm -hmm. so it's like that like paints such a beautiful image of just like what vulnerability should look like Mm -hmm. and it's ultimately God calls us to it's
1: so beautiful guys we hope that you were as blessed by this as we are Savannah I just (sighs) love your heart I know I love The way that you live, wide open. I think that's such a beautiful Mm -hmm. picture of Jesus, but I think it's also a picture of how you live. And guys, so if you haven't already, go follow Savannah. What's your Instagram? It's at Savannah Savannah underscore lock. Savannah underscore lock with an e. Just pour a of glass lock. of
0: wine and read her, and read her posts and like maybe maybe get in the bath like don't drop your phone in the bath don't get a like that that wouldn't electrocute that you wouldn't would
2: electrocute you because I've done it oh, yeah. but <laughs> it would definitely mess up your phone but you would,
0: your phone would definitely be broken so you yes. know just get in a relaxing setting read mm-hmm. her words they're like so powerful she's I'm, just I'm beautiful all about inside it. and out yeah.
1: so guys we hope you were blessed our challenge to you this week is do something that feels. Uncomfortable that mm-hmm. leads you into vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to tell you what that looks like because I'm not you, but God, you know what that is. God I'm, not you, I'm, you not God. That. I'm not you. I'm not God. I'm not you. I'm not God, but you are you and you know God. So ask me what yes. that looks like in your life to be more vulnerable. And I'm just excited to see how that blesses you. I'm going to do it too. Totally. Yes. Welcome Absolutely. to the abundant life, everyone. Yes. Yay. Thanks, Savannah. Thank you, Savannah. Uh, Savannah guys, best. so Savannah, you can say bye first because. Bye, everyone. It was so good to be with you.
0: Aww, we love you. <laughs> Guys, I'm Cami. I'm Amanda. We're Basically Basic. And we know you are, too. Be blessed. And be basic.